So this week started off, Baruch Hashem, with a big yantif, Hey Tevis. We celebrate the victory of the court case of the Sfarim. So I want to tell you another story about a victory of a court case that happened many, many years earlier. And the victory was through a miracle of the Alter Rebbe. The story goes like this. But before I begin the story, I would like to do like a bleeneder. Each time I tell a story, it's to be mechazik, to strengthen emuna and betachen in Hashem. So I take 30 seconds of your time, and I sing a nigan. Those who know it can join me. And bleeneder, I want to do it each time, because every time we sing it, we think about the words, it strengthens our emuna and betachen. I believe in Hashem, I trust in Hashem. There never is a moment when <clears throat> that I am alone. And on my own, I believe and I trust in Hashem. Because I understand that He's holding my hand and every step is perfectly planned. He's holding me tight, so I'll be all right. I believe and I trust in Hashem. In a shul in Vilna, that's a city in Russia, there entered a chassid of the Alter Rebbe. Seemingly, he was passing through because he was traveling. He was actually on his way to visit the Alter Rebbe. But he passed through that shul. It was Thursday afternoon. He sat down, opened up a Gemara, and began learning for about an hour or two. The Shamish, the one who takes care of the shul, noticed him and was paying attention to what he's doing. It looked like he was learning with so much attention, with so much kavana. After finishing learning, the chassid, we'll call him Reb David, opened up a bag and took out some bread, some herring. He washed and he ate lunch. And he washed down the herring with some water. After benching, the shamish went over to him and said, Shalom Aleichem. It's my job to provide visitors to this town with Achnas Azarchim. We have a building with rooms to sleep. So you're more than welcome to join. Uh, no thanks, said the chassid. I'll, I can manage right here. You need food. I have a bag of food too. I would rather stay in the shul. Now, one of the things that the shamash would do, he would provide the rich men, the rich people of the town with guests for Shabbos. There were some rich people and they always wanted to have guests for Shabbos. And the, Shabbos, the shamash would always provide them. 
But this time he can't. The only stranger, the only visitor to town was Rib David, and he refused. Later, the rich man, Reb Moshe, said to him, to the Shamish, I see there's a stranger in town wanting to invite him to me. He says, I tried, but he wants to stay in the shul. Uh-huh. You know what? I'll go over and speak to him. Reb Moshe went over. Shalom Aleichem. Vanekum Tayid. They spoke a minute. And then he says, tomorrow night, Friday night, begins the Su'udah Shabbos. Won't you join me? No, thanks. Now, this rich man does not usually take no for an answer. So he started to nudge him and insist and beg. And he explained to him, if you don't come to my house for Shabbos, I will not be able to do the mitzvah won't you be so kind and give me the opportunity? All right, you know what? We'll make a compromise. I'll come to you for the meals, but for sleeping, I'm going to go back to the shul. The shul, there are no beds there. Don't worry. <coughs> Hashem will help me. Okay, good deal. Friday night, Reb David followed Reb Moshe to his house, and they had such a special sauda, not because of the delicious food which was there, but because of the divrei taira that they were speaking. Both Reb David and Reb Moshe were sharing ideas on the parsha, and and repeating different. From great tzaddikim. It was such an amazing se'udah. They both were very happy. But then, at the end of the se'udah, right before benching, Reb Moshe let out a krechts. A krechts sounds like this. Does that sound like a person is happy? No, it means something is wrong, something is troubling him. Reb David did not want to bother him and ask him what's going on, so he just stayed silent. And the next day, he also came to the mills. And again, before benching, Reb Moshe let out a big krechts. Ah. And the same thing happened by Shalashudis. And Rabbi Moshe asked him to come to Malava Malka. And by Malava Malka too, at the end of the meal, a big krechts. So finally, Rabbi David gathered the courage to ask him. He said, what's going on? You seem like you're having a problem. Maybe you can share it with me. Maybe I can help. And Rabbi Moshe said, Okay, I'll tell you. He says, you see, me and my friend, we both, my friend Shmuel, we both run a business of vodka, mashke. And for every bottle of mashke that we sell, we have to pay taxes to the government. 
which we have been doing all these years. But for some reason, somebody went to the government and made up a lie against us that we're not paying all the taxes that we should. We're keeping some of the money for ourselves, which means stealing from the government. So we were immediately brought to court and the judge who hates the Jews immediately gave us a punishment without even looking into the case to find out if it's true or not. Right away, three years Siberia, hard labor, plus a big fine, we have to pay a lot of money. Who knows if we'll ever make it back from Siberia, from that frozen place. It's so freezing cold there and hard labor. But we did not accept the verdict of the judge. We appealed it. You couldn't make an appeal, which means you could go to a higher court and if the judge over there sees you innocent, then you could be free. And the lower court has to accept it. So we appealed it, and now we're waiting for the trial of the higher court. And we don't know what's going to be the end. Our two families are right now, are Rahman al-Islan in danger. Because we don't know what's going to happen to us. When is the trial? Oh, in about a few weeks. Then listen to me. I have an idea for you. Why don't you travel to Liajna? There's a great tzaddik, the Alter Rebbe. And ask him for a bracha, ask him for advice. He has helped thousands of people. Yeah, but uh, I never go to a Rebbe. Doesn't matter. You can go anyway. You know what you should do? Go to your friend and tell him that both of you together should go to the Alter Rebbe. As a matter of fact, that's, I'm on my way to the Alter Rebbe now. So why don't you do it with your friend? Just go. The Chassid left, and Reb Moshe went to his friend, the partner, and told him what the Chassid said. But the partner said, uh-oh, what if the people in town find out that we're going to the Alter Rebbe? You see, in those days, not all the people knew that Chassidim are very careful in the mitzvahs, and that chassidim learn a lot of taita, and that chassidim are very, very special. They didn't know. A lot of people were still a little scared, a little afraid of, maybe it's a new thing, we never had chassidim before, who knows if they're keeping the mitzvahs right. So a lot of people were afraid to go to the Alter Rebbe until they were convinced. So the two partners could not decide, should we go or not? Oh, how about let's, let's ask Reb Meir of Falls. Reb Meir of Falls was the Parnas Ha'ir, he was like the, the mayor of the city. He was a big Talmud Chacham. And also he knew worldly things. Let's ask him, see what he says. They came to Reb Meir of Falls, and Reb Meir of Falls says, 
Mm-hmm. You want to go to the Alter Rebbe? Let me think. Reb Meir Falls himself, a short time before, had saw a big miracle from the Alter Rebbe. How the Alter Rebbe helped a Aguna, a woman who lost, that the husband disappeared, he helped her by a miracle. So Reb Meir Falls knew Probably the Al-Tareb is a big tzaddik, but I'm not sure yet. What should I tell them? He was thinking and thinking, and finally decided, you know what? I'm going to tell them to go, and I'm going to see what happens. If again a miracle happens, then I'm going to be convinced that the Al-Tareb is a tzaddik, and I'm going to become his chassid. After the long pause, he looks at the two partners, he says, yes, I think it's a good idea to go, go there, and when you finish and you're, you're back home, please come to me and tell me what did the Rebbe say. They left, and they went to Liyashna. They came to the Rebbe in Yechidus, and they told the Rebbe exactly what happened. The Rebbe said to them, you guys look like people who learned Taira, Tamid Chachamim. Let me ask you a question. Our Chachamim say, Malchusa de Ara, Kein Malchusa de Rakia. Malchusa, Malchusa is like the word Melech. The kingship, kingdom on earth, is like the kingdom of Shemayim. Do you know what those words really mean? In which way is a kingdom on earth like the kingdom of Shemayim, like Hashem? In which way are they the same? And before they even can say anything, the Alt Rebbe said, let me tell you. Do, uh, does anyone call Hashem by his real name? Yudke Vavke? We don't call Hashem by his real name. And that's why when Moshe Rabbeinu went to tell the Yidden that Hashem is taking them out of Mitzrayim, Moshe said to Hashem, what if they ask me your name? What should I say? And Hashem says, my name is a secret. I work with my Shechina, with my Kedusha in this world, and that's how I do everything. And that's why we don't call Hashem by His real name. The same thing a king on earth. Does anyone call the king <coughs> by his real name, by his first name? No. We say his majesty the king. Uh, we call him imperial. We give him special names, but we don't call him by his real name. In that way, a king on earth is similar to Hashem. Because both, by both, we don't use their real name. When the two partners heard this, they said, they, they thought to themselves, okay, now the Rebbe is going to give us a bracha. But the Alter Rebbe didn't. He was quiet. So they left the room. And they were totally disappointed. This is not what we came for, for Dvar Taira. We came to get a bracha or an etzah, advice. <coughs> when they came back, home to Vilna, they went to Reb Meir Falls 
and told him exactly what, that, what happened, Rabbi Meir Fultz said, hmm, <coughs> I also don't understand. And he thought to himself, maybe I made a mistake by sending them. We'll see. A few days later, they started their trip to Peterburg. That's where the court case is going to take place. That's where the trial is going to be. The lawyers that they had told them, it doesn't seem like there's much hope. Maybe, maybe the judge will make the punishment a little smaller. But to become free, to be freed, doesn't seem like. But one of, this one of the lawyers said, I have an Eitzah. Why don't you meet with the Minister of Justice? He's like in charge of all the judges and all the courts. If you could convince him that you're innocent, then he'll tell the judges and you'll be free. Yeah, but how can we get to the Minister of Justice? He's not reachable. <clears throat> but they, were, they made investigations and they found out that the Minister of Just Justice, every morning on his way to his office, he stops off at the park, at the Royal Park, and he takes a walk. Let's get into that park and we'll meet him. But there's a guard. We'll bribe him. We'll give him a, a silver ruble and he'll let us in. They came early in the morning. They bribed the guard and they come in. And they're looking for this minister. They don't know what he looks like, but they imagine he's dressed up very, very special. It happens to be that that day, the minister of justice was not feeling well and did not go to the park. But suddenly they saw another minister walking. They ran over to him and they said, oh, minister of justice, sorry, sorry for disturbing you. We were accused, we're innocent. They didn't even look into our case. And they spoke and spoke. The minister looks at them and says, excuse me, you got the wrong guy. I'm the minister of education. I know the minister of justice. He's my friend, but he's not feeling well today. So I'm sorry. Minister of education walked on and the two partners are standing and wondering what to do next. Suddenly the guard runs over to them and says, come here, come here. The minister of education wants to speak to you. They walked over, they see him sitting on a one, of the, one of the benches, and the Minister of Education says to them, you know guys, you look like you're learned. You know the Jewish Torah. I have a question for you that the Tsar asked me yesterday, and I don't know the answer. Maybe you can help me. And if you give me a good enough answer, I'll make sure that you're free from the judgment. What's the question? Well, the Tsar asked us that he, it says in the Jewish teachings that the kingship on earth, the kingdom on earth, is similar to the kingship of heaven. In which way are they the same? The Tsar can't understand. What is the connection? The partners smiled to each other and one of them said over the words of the Alter Rebbe exactly, just like the 
king in Shemayim, Hashem, we don't call him by his real name. The same thing a king here on earth, we don't call him by his real name. That's where we find them similar. Such a good answer! Wow, who gave it to you? Well, there's a rabbi in Lyoshna, Abshneer Zalman. I gotta go visit him one day, said the minister. And it's such a good answer that I'm gonna make sure that they drop your case. You're free. You could go home, you don't have to go to trial. It's over. And they left. And they came home, they came to Reb Meir Falls and told him how things turned out. Reb Meir Falls says, you see the Ruach HaKoyedosh of the Rebbe? I'm going to the Rebbe now to become his chassid. And that's what happened. I'll go to the